If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series every every Monday to Friday at 9.30am. Joined by a couple of guests. First of all, Chris Davison. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you, mate. Good to be back on again. Looking forward to it. And speaking of good to be back on after a week of doing some secret stuff of which you can divulge no information at all, it's Bailey Key. How are you doing, mate? You well? I'm good, Tom. Absolutely. You're serving the government, doing the country's <laughs> needs. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lovely stuff, mate. Lovely stuff. Um, hopefully you can tell us what's been going on behind the scenes at Arsenal in a bit. Uh, and we'll see if you can answer some questions on that. But we're going to start with the news that broke yesterday evening, Chris, regarding... William Saliba, the uh, transfer guru, the ever-present force, uh, Fabrizio Romano, uh, revealing that Arsenal still having 100% trust in Saliba and that they are very much expecting him back at the start of next season. Yeah, well, it's um, it's encouraging to, to hear that because I, I know Saliba is someone who has divided opinion um, at Arsenal and amongst his fan base. We, we know he's a very talented player. Um, and we know he has a lot of potential uh, to to grow into potentially one of the one of the most exciting centre backs in 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 the game. Um, so uh, of course, when that's that's being mentioned, there's going to be a lot of hype, a lot of excitement around surrounding him, rightly so. But we're still waiting for him to get some competitive minutes in an Arsenal shirt, um, and. Uh, the lack of that so far has been a little bit frustrating, of course, but I know there's been a lot of things happening in the background and Saliba's personal life and other reasons for, because of injury. And, you know, it's important to remember that he's still a young player, isn't he? And we've got to um, we've got to go the right way about it. We've got to be careful. Um, we've got to make sure that his development is going in the right direction and uh, we protect him as well. The last thing that we wanted to, to obviously do is, is throw him in too early playing Premier League football and, you know, he makes one mistake and uh, people are going after him. You know, we've seen it happen before. It is how it works, unfortunately, sometimes, especially in the Premier League and especially at a big club like Arsenal. So, you know, know, I'll admit at the time when he was initially going out on loan, we obviously spent over £20 on him. He went out on loan and it was followed by another loan and he was starting to think, oh, this is a little bit annoying now. What's the point of having him here? But um, looking back at it, I can I can kind of see why Arteta's d- decided what he has and, and why the club have gone down that route. And um, it, it sounds as if he's paying off, Tom. That's the most important thing. You know, we could have signed him for a lot of money, loaned him out, and he's, he's very underwhelming, not getting much game time. But you know, he's an important player, not for not just for Saint Etienne um, uh, last season, but also for Marseille this season, playing an integral part in in their campaigns and uh, doing really well by the sounds of it so it's, you know you'd like to think he's continuing to grow and develop as a player and he's going to come back to Arsenal even stronger. 
Absolutely. Just before I come to Bailey, say hello to everyone in the chat. What's good morning? Uh, Mark, or MC Bobby in the chat. GGTV, Marcus as well. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Make sure if you haven't already to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Arsenal way as well if you haven't done so already. Bailey, we've got Ben White, we've got Gabriel. They're forming a really good partnership at Arsenal so far this season. The defence isn't what you would say has been the issue uh, for the Gunners so far. If Saliba comes back at the end of this season, how does he get in the team right now? I think it's healthy competition. I think Saliba needs, you're joining a top club at the end of the day and you're going to have to compete to get in a centre-back spot. We want to be in a top four and we need backup centre-backs. We need starting centre-backs, of course. So Saliba can't just expect to come back in the summer and suddenly just start in the team. No, he has to earn that. And I think Ben White and Gabriel have shown an excellent, part, uh, excellent partnership because the first three games, I was worried. I was thinking, why have we loaned out Saliba? And clearly, we're lacking at the back, but we've seen progression with the centre-backs now and Saliba's going to have to work his way in. I think Ben White has shown these last couple of games, Ben White has been excellent with the ball. He's been excellent defensively when before he was looking a bit shaky and I was still, I was still on the side of Saliba, but now he's really going to have to work his way in. And if he wants to be a top centre-back at the end of the day, he is going to have to dethrone other centre-backs to get that position. Absolutely. Speaking of dethroning players, um, it's interesting looking at Arsenal's back four there. We mentioned, obviously, the partnership that, that Gabriel and Ben White are, are forming together. Tommy Asa was, of course, really impressed, Chris, since coming in from Bologna. Is it a fair argument to say that Kieran Tini is the most droppable of all of the back four all of a sudden? I mean, you look at the defenders. I wouldn't be personally dropping Ben White or Gabriel for either of Pablo Maria or Holding. I'm not dropping Tommy Asu for Chambers or Cedric. But Kieran Tierney's backup is Nuno Tavares. And I'd feel much more comfortable putting him in than any of the backups in the other three positions. So is Kieran Tierney the most droppable player in Arsenal's defence at the moment? Well, uh, I didn't expect that to be a question to pop up. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, perhaps... Perhaps he is, you know. Um, Tommy Atty's been obviously fantastic since arriving on deadline day. Gabriel's been solid as a rock since returning from injury. Obviously, Ben White's starting to find his feet a little bit more now as well. And he's been impressive the last few games. Kieran Tierney's still a top, top player and he's still vital to this team. Absolutely. Mm. Um, the only the only time he's uh, droppable is when he's injured for me, Tom. Um and, uh, you know, unless he's, yeah, like I said, unless he's picked up a suspension or he's he's picked up a knock, then um, he, he, sh- he just should be in the, the one of the first names on the team sheet for, for Mikhail Arteta each week. You know, he's a... Who falls like, out of you instead then? If you if I had to press you on it, you have to pick one of those back four in to the, drop. In the back line, I'd, pro- oh, I'd probably have to say Ben White. I'd probably have to say Ben White and, and probably put, I don't know, Chambers in. Or, or holding. I mean, I, I just Kieran Tierney's undroppable for me um, at the at the moment. You know, I think he's he's just he plays an integral part in in how we play. He's very dangerous down that left hand side. Um, you know how good he is moving forward. I, I get you. I get you on 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 you know Tavares though as well. I, to be fair, he has he has made quite a good impression so far, hasn't he? Mm. Um, I just I don't know. I, I'm. I guess it's it's a positive to Good take question, away from though. the sun. It is. You put me on the spot. Like I said, I never expect that to be a question to pop up because, you know, before Tavares um, came in, you know, it, it we would have laughed that off, wouldn't we? Because mm. we were so desperate for some competition and, and some backup down that left-hand side, which we, we do appear to have now. And Like I said, I've been really impressed with Tavares. 
Um, and now I've mentioned sort of taking Ben White out and replacing him with Callum Chambers or Rob Hall, and I'm sitting here thinking, well, actually, um, not sure how wise that would be. So yeah. um, it, it just highlights, though, that, you know, the, the business, that the decent business that we've done over the summer and the, how vital it was getting that back up and competition in that back line um, because uh, there will be times where we need to switch around this season, maybe not as much due to the lack of European competition, but still certainly for the cup competitions, um, it will be needed. And, you know, bringing the likes of Nuno Tavares in to give Tierney a rest, for example, is um, is certainly a, a good step in the right direction. Bailey, do you agree with, with Chris there? Is, is it Ben White for you that's the most droppable of the back four? No, do you know what I'd say Carantini simply because of our backup centre back is just not good enough. I don't want to see Callum just Chambers. Kind of the point I was yeah. making, yeah. I do yeah. not want to see Callum Chambers or Pablo Mari in that back line again. I just it scares me, man. And I think Nuno Tavares, we haven't seen him enough to even say, oh, he'll do well or he'll do bad. So I, I would rather take the risk and drop Carantini. But it is testament to our, our defence because a few weeks ago we would say Kirantini is the first name, like absolutely, absolutely not. But now suddenly we're actually debating this, so that's that's a positive for our defense, definitely. Yeah, it's it's a really good point. I mean, the chat box if it says KT is just KT. I don't think he's droppable, or else he's injured or suspended. And with Chris on this, if anyone, it will be Ben uh, that looks droppable so far. He's been decent, but still doesn't look convincing. Uh, I, I I think that Tierney's not been amazing this season to be honest I don't think he's been our best defender uh, by by a long shot Mark says KT is in line for captain in my eyes when Alba is either gone or Arteta decides to change the captain he's one of the first in the team sheet when fit for me which is completely fair enough um, speaking of players though that could yet leave the club or could be decided to leave based upon a lack of game time or through Arteta choosing to, to move in a different direction. Nicolas Pepe continues to struggle for regular game time with Saka being moved to the right and flourishing there as well. Chris, if I was to say to you that I'm, I'm a buying club, name your price for Pepe, what's the figure that you would need to be offered to convince you to, to move on from Nicolas Pepe? Well, I mean, first things first, we're not going to get 72 million for him. Um, what? <laughs> no, it's just, it's just not going to happen. We're not going to, we're not going to get um, back what we paid for him, which is one of those things. Um, hmm. Based on what I've, I've seen so far, I, I, I can't, I've not been left in a position where I can justify, justify that 72 million price tag either. I think he's a, a very talented player and I think he has a lot of potential, but um if you sit sit there and ask me if he's lived up to those expectations um, mm. uh, and, you know, if he's shown why he's got a 72 million price tag, then I'd say, well, no, he hasn't. Um, and I think that's fair. That's certainly my opinion as well. I don't know what um, the viewers think on, on Nicolas Pepe and, and what you guys think as well. But um, you're probably looking at 40, 50 million. Well, that's what I'd, I'd certainly be looking for in, mm. this, in this day and age, you know, uh, like I said, he hasn't probably lived up to those expectations that came with his arrival, but um, he's still a, he's still a top player, and he can still make a big difference to any club he joins. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it would have to be around that forty fifty million price tag for me. Um, can't see us getting any more than than fifty, if I'm being honest. Um, and obviously, the the longer his contract runs down as well, that price might drop a little bit. Um, Again, it's not just dependent on contract, it's dependent on performances as well. And if he doesn't really kick on this season, which I think we're all hoping he does, I think 
certainly in that first season, you know, it it, it was it was very bumpy, wasn't it? it? It joined a new country and a new club, a new league. It's a very different to Liga, and it, it obviously arrived with that seventy-two million pound price tag on his head, and there was a lot of pressure, there was a lot of expectation, as you'd expect. Um, and yeah, that season was bumpy, didn't really um, stand out at all. But I thought last season um, it was much better. Um, we mm. saw we saw what he's capable of a lot more. Um, he, he contributed to a lot more goals and he looked dangerous. He was a, a standout player at times. And, you know, it was our first real glimpse of what, what he can produce, what he's capable of. Uh, again, I think this season has been a little bit slow for him. Um, and, you know, we're just... He's a player, isn't he? We watch one week, he would be amazing. And then the next, he's just totally the opposite. And you're thinking, come on, you, we know what you're capable of. We're like, why aren't you Why aren't you showing up on a consistent level week mm. in, week out? Um, so for me, if he if he really has a disappointing season again, then I think it's something we need to consider moving forward. Because we're, we're giving someone like Pepe a chance and he's not really delivering on a consistent basis, yet Gabriel Martinelli's on the bench every week or not making the squad, hardly getting any game time. And I just think he might be able to offer a little bit more. So, you know, it's for me, it, it depends on how he does this season. If he has a great season, he really starts to kick on, he's consistent in his performances, then I shouldn't, I don't think we should consider selling him. But um, again, if he's a bit underwhelming and he struck, continues to struggle, then you know, what's the point in running down that contract again and, and getting a minimal fee for him? We might as well just take as much as we can, as soon as we can. Um, and certainly I think 40, 50 million is fair. Uh, if you're in the chat says for Pepe, I'd say 50 to 55 million. Marcus says we'd be lucky to get 30 million for Pepe. Uh, Raj says Pepe would be great. 25 million pound price tag for Serie A clubs having extra time on the ball. And Vinny says Pepe may not be getting playing time at the moment, but it's a long season. Saka and Millsmith or Erdogan will uh, need rest. I think Vinny's a bit of a fan of Erdogan. Uh, he will start a minimum of 20 games and come on in for others. Pepe needs to prove himself when he plays uh, and Marks as the problem is he is not getting first team game time at the moment and with his contract running down his value is doing nothing but dropping Phil we should offer him a new contract and go from there Bailey thoughts on, on the idea of offering him a new deal and also the, the same line of questioning if, a, if an offer was to come in what would it convince you to sell him yeah every game week that goes by I worry for Nicola Pepe in the situation I think he just needs to step up now I want to see him do well because I know he has the potential to do it but if we if we're talking about 30 million 25 million 35 million then I wouldn't sell him I'll offer him a new contract because who are we going to get that's better than Nicola Pepe for 30 million or 25 million I think I'd put my faith in him I know he's taking time to get going but he does show glimpses of excellence and I think if we just keep the faith he will show up eventually I would sell him. <laughs> That's just where my head's at. I'd, I'd sell him for probably max. I mean, minimum. I, don't, I mean, to be fair, someone came in with twenty-five million straight up. No, no, like uh, staggered payment. Said here's twenty-five million flat on the table. I'd be very tempted by that. Um, that may sound small. It may sound like I'm underselling him, but I don't know who is going to take him for anything more than that right now. To be honest, Serie A clubs, as I think one of our comments said, possibly. And I don't think Bailey. It's as simple as saying like who are you going to get for that price? Because obviously you don't have to spend the same amount of money on the player. And I know what you're saying. Um, 
I, I mean, with the links to someone like Raheem Sterling, if you said that we were getting 25 million off the price tag of Raheem Sterling, I probably would go down that route uh, and look to bring the England international in. It adds another English international to the team, so that chemistry of that British core that we're building. Uh, an experienced player will be 27, I think, next year uh, by the start of the transfer window. So in his prime and uh, probably a new venture for him to, to explore too and to hopefully improve. He scored 30-plus goals one season, I think it was, for Man City. So you get goals from the guy like you can do from Pepe. So maybe it's something that we will explore in the, the coming transfer window. So apologies that we haven't got time today uh, to answer uh, your questions, but we uh, will well, we'll make it up to you by showing you a fantastic piece of content, not just today, but tomorrow as well. Uh, the Football Fun Day Part 2 will be coming out very soon, in which I continue to embarrass myself uh, alongside Bailey. Well, not less so Bailey, but there's there's some awful things that Bailey does in those videos that you'll have to wait and see as well. Uh, and then some really fantastic interviews coming for you guys a little bit later on in the week. More info on them to come. But uh, make sure you're staying true to football.london for all of the latest content from a written perspective. And you keep tuning in at 9.30 a.m. Monday to Friday for the Arsenal Agenda Show over on, of course, the Arsenal Way. And making sure you're liking the videos and subscribing too. She'll take a second to thank my panel chat books please show them some love bailey thank you so much for coming back and uh, performing great as always thank you it feels great to be back thank you guys back on the a team as we, i don't know if you've been <laughs> watching the shows but uh, back on the a team indeed uh, chris thanks for coming on fella yeah thanks mate bailey ain't got a clue what you're on about there is he um that's, uh, <laughs> he hasn't been watching unbelievable yeah, a, bit, a bit disappointing <laughs> that to be fair um let's pick him off um nah, the, Good to have Bailey back. Good to be back on her again. And uh, thank Bye you Bailey. to everyone. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually kicked him off. Um, oh. There he is. There he is. Um, but uh, no, thank you to everyone for watching. Um, been a pleasure as always. Thanks for getting involved. And uh, I know you mentioned it towards the end there, but um, really exciting interview with, uh, coming up um, soon, uh, later on in the weeks. So keep your eyes out for that one. I think you'll love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I said already, please make sure you like, subscribe and keep following us down the Arsenal way.